You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master, along with uh, Corey Johnson. We want to talk a little bit about uh, the market environment. Our next guest says markets are way too complacent. Scott Minard is back with us, Chief Investment Officer at Guggenheim Partners, based normally in Santa Monica, California, but back in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York City. Scott, nice to have you back with us. Talk to us a little bit about this complacency. You know, we all talk about the VIX, and everybody seems kind of lulled uh, by uh, the markets or immune to any of the possible or potential for volatility. What do you make of the complacency that's out there? Well, you know, Carol, this is a a very uh, unprecedented time that we're living in. When you consider um, not only the unorthodox monetary policy around the world with QE coming out of both Japan and and Europe uh, that's propping up asset prices, but then layer into it uh, the political uncertainty around the world, you know, especially uh, you know North Korea and uh, the Middle East. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see this dynamic where liquidity has lifted asset prices to a level uh, that uh, every time we get any kind of negative news, uh, the the sell-off is pretty limited, and and we're right back into uh, into new highs on the major indices. It is an interesting time here, and I wonder, you know, what you make of this sort of low vol creep up. Um, you know, I, the, the most obvious question, and, and it's a fair one, is: Do you see overvaluation, and if so, where? Well, it's interesting. Well, it's interesting. Let, me, let me restrict the question: U.S. equities, right? Okay. It's really interesting because people want to jump on the valuation argument uh, pretty quickly. But when you consider uh, where U.S. equities are relative to interest rates, uh, for instance, something like the Fed model, which uh, tells you that the market multiple should be somewhere you know, around 22 to 25 times earnings, uh, you know, equities based on uh, where interest rates are don't really look that rich. But when you look at the multiple over the historical average, which is closer to maybe something like 14 to 15 times earnings, it looks really rich. Uh, and I think that goes back to this this whole um, unusual environment we're living in, where uh, bond yields have been forced down so much by central banks. It is an unusual uh, environment, Scott. Do you feel like things are being measured accurately, whether it's inflation, uh, the the role of technology in terms of how we can do things faster, more easily? I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like things are being measured accurately? Well, you know, it's interesting, Carol, because. You know, we were going through such a, a fundamental shift in the way the world works. Uh, on one hand, um, you know, you have uh, certain prices going higher, but on the other hand, uh, you see this this deflationary trend, uh, which has been in place now for more than a decade, uh, where you know fundamental innovation, uh, things like Amazon, uh, you know, competition in prices, uh, retailing, uh, just continues to to put downward pressure on prices. And uh, again, I think that it's very hard to look through uh, the clouds here to get a handle on where we really are, because everything is shifting on us at one time. (laughs) And, uh, you know, on one hand, uh, we should be worried about inflation right now because unemployment is so low. Uh, and yet at the same time, we're not seeing wages rising that much. and, And we don't see a lot of inflationary pressure in the data. So, you know, what gives here? I mean, what is, are we right to be so focused on the Fed and see if they might suggest a change? 
Well, I, th I think that uh, the Fed has made it pretty clear to us that they're going to go slow and easy. Uh, they are going to continue to uh, try to normalize the balance sheet uh, and that the, they are on guard that uh, that inflationary pressure, should they rise, that they're going to, to raise rates. It reminds me a little bit of the Alan Greenspan era where we talked about the conundrum. Uh, that is, it's the Federal Reserve raises interest rates. Long-term rates don't seem to be moving very much. And that's because, uh, again, complacency. Uh, the world and markets fundamentally believe that the Federal Reserve is going to avoid allowing inflation to take off to the point that they have to really crunch down on rates and that uh, everything in the world is, is uh, okay. But again, all you have to do is look at places like North Korea, and, and you have to ask yourself questions, right. is, is everything okay? And we're certainly, not, we're certainly not building in a risk premium for those sorts of events. So does that mean you look at shorter durations um, for investment choices at this point, Scott, or, or no? Well, Carol, I mean, <clears throat> if you look at things like high-yield bonds and credit, uh, th those are getting uh, uh, very overvalued. And so I think one of the easiest decisions to make in fixed income is to, to up, you know, go up in quality. Uh, look at treasury securities, agency securities, things like that. In terms of duration, uh, it's a little tougher. Uh, you know, at this stage of the game, uh, if uh, uh, where interest rates are at the long end of the, the yield curve, uh, if we were to get uh, some sort of shock in the world, like a military incident with North Korea, uh, we could suddenly see rates come plunging down and the Federal Reserve going on hold. Uh, so it would be uh, it would be imprudent, I think, to uh, completely abandon the long end of the yield curve. But on the other hand, the message is pretty clear that, that the Fed is going to stay the course and keep raising rates. So, you know, the approach we've been using is to essentially barbell the yield curve. Uh, mm -hmm. That is to have, you know, a third of your assets in longer duration, high quality assets, and then uh, the rest of it in, in high quality floating rate uh, or short maturity bonds. But one of the mistakes I think a lot of fixed income investors are making right now is they think that the safe place to go is, you know, sort of uh, bonds that are between two and five years in maturity. And historically, uh, when the Fed is on the march and raising interest rates, that's one of the points in the yield curve where the performance is the worst. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, a barbell approach is, is one which is going to give you better returns over the course of the cycle. Uh, and, and the cycle, just about 15 seconds left, do you think the cycle continues to sort of uh, continue to grind ahead here then? I think so. I mean, our work shows that uh, uh, we probably are about two to two and a half years out from the next recession. Uh, if the Fed stays the course with its uh, increase in interest rates, uh, by the time we get to late uh, 2019, uh, they will have short-term rates high enough that it will start meaningfully impacting cash flows in corporate America, and, and that's probably the event that leads to a recession. Interesting stuff. Uh, we'll certainly want to keep an eye out for that, uh, that, that risk because it does seem like it's uh, the kind of thing that could happen here. Uh, great stuff, uh, as always, from, uh, from Guggenheim, uh, Scott Minred.